Welcome to this episode of the Business to Practice podcast, where we focus on the physical, financial, and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're talking about marketing your practice with Dr. Mike Pownell. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Decor Veterinary Products. Mike Pownell, DVM MBA, is a Canadian-based veterinarian and a partner in Oculus Insights. That company is focused on helping veterinarians and other members of the animal health care industry improve their businesses. Thank you, Dr. Pownell, for joining us today to talk about marketing your practice. Oh, thanks for having me. I, this, I love this subject, so we, we could talk forever. So if I, if I start jabbering on too much, just rudely interrupt me. I'm fine. Oh, I know. There, we could have books on this. So yeah. uh, let's, let's start with something simple. A lot of veterinarians know they need to do something to market their practice, but they're not sure what it is, and they're not sure if they're doing something, if it's even worth it. So mm-hmm. what is your advice to veterinarians who think they, they need to get into marketing? What's your advice? Well, I think the first thing is be careful of hype. You know, um, there are new uh, social media sites constantly, and you'll hear all this buzz. You know, uh, a more recent one is Clubhouse, which is sort of audio recording. And it was the biggest thing, and it was going to take over social media. And it's, it's a flash in the pan. You know, um, or we're going to be on Facebook and reach our audience. Well, the reality is Facebook is, or Instagram for that matter, it's an advertising platform. And if you have a thousand people that like your page, on average, no matter what you're putting out there, only about 10% are going to see what you're putting out there unless you pay money. And that's how Facebook makes money. And so unless you want to boost your post to get close to those thousand people, you're, you know, so you know, you're only going to get that 100 or 10%. So there's a lot of effort that goes into marketing. And so um, effort, uh, it's time, time that you could be doing other things that are of value. Uh, It's expensive because you're having to pay somebody to do it. So uh, one of the things I say right off the bat is make sure what you're doing is worth it Um, because there's other things that you could be doing. I think the biggest area, this is not veterinarians, this is any business, uh, is we don't pay attention to what our clients value or the different types of clients. So, for example, in uh, our practice, we run the gamut from, you know, backyard horses to high level uh, show horses to quite a substantial race population. They're all different. So the, 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 the person that owns your dressage horse is going to be completely different than the, the standard bred or thoroughbred trainer. I mean, th- they have a horse in common, but they're, we're talking, you know, Martians and cowboys. They're different people altogether. And, and so going there and thinking, well, if I put out a Facebook post, uh, it's going to appeal to everybody. It won't. I mean, not likely. I mean, there are some commonalities. If there's an infectious disease in your area, great way of getting it out. It impacts everybody. But if you're talking about, um, you know, healthcare or some interesting new modality, let's make sure the audience values it. We did a, um, in the fall of 2020, we did a big research project and it wasn't big. We, you know, had somebody with us uh, in our practice and we basically interviewed um, a wide gamut of our clients. And so we had the same set questions and we're trying to understand, you know, um, trying to understand their business. So we, we talked to trainers, we talked to individual horse owners, 
um, and we talk to uh, less than barns, barn owners. All three of them have different needs. And so we're quite robust in our social media, our digital activities. And we found out by interviewing these people that our trainers, the people that have influenced a lot of people in the barn, they don't actually pay attention to anything we do on social media. <laughs> and we were like scratching our heads. Why? And it basically is they're too darn busy. Yeah. Or they're living in the country and they have country internet and they don't have the bandwidth to download videos or, or really data rich uh, educational opportunities. Yeah. And so we're like, Oh, okay. So, you know, um, let's change our angle. Meanwhile, people that are, uh, you know, who are working, uh, who horses are a hobby, they're all over our stuff. And we can look at some of the metrics on Facebook and find out that, most of the time, people are looking at our stuff during work hours. We're <laughs> bored at work, and so let's go on Facebook and let's let's go explore. So, I mean, I think really understanding your clients, and it, and it could be as easy as just put together a list of 10 questions, try to understand them, try to understand, you know, where they get their information, what, you know, do, are they on Facebook, are they on YouTube? It used to be that I would go once a year and I would, I would select about 20 clients and it would, every year would be different. And I would just sit with them for an hour. I, I'd bring um, you know, a, a gift certificate from one of the coffee chains, Tim Hortons, which is ubiquitous in Canada. And you know, I wanted to show appreciation for their time. And I'd just sit there and I'd ask these questions and I'd write down the answers. And it gave me such great insights into... Um, what they want, what they value. Are there other services that they wish we had? You know, um, this last survey, I mean, we have uh, 14 vets in our practice. I think at least half of them are certified in either acupuncture or veterinary spinal manip manipulation. And we had clients who, you know, they're like, well, are there other services we can offer? And they're like, oh, yeah, it would be great if you guys offered, you know, acupuncture or chiropractic. <laughs> So, I mean, so again, it tells you, are the things that you're doing working? Obviously not to that segment. You could talk to, um, you know, a pleasure horse rider and they could probably list everything. They know probably the biographies of every one of the veterinarians because they're, they have the time and the interest. Busy trainers, they don't have the time or, you know, they have the interest, but they don't necessarily have the time. So this was to us was fascinating because, you know, for, for example, in our in neck of the woods, our race clientele is on Twitter a lot. They really use Twitter to communicate. That's the only population we have. And so if I'm going to be on Twitter trying to reach dressage riders or hunter jumper riders in our neck of the woods, it'd be a waste of effort. But it's a great place to reach our, our um, racehorse trainers. If I want to, you know, we have found in the horse show world that uh, Instagram is far better than Facebook to reach people. And so I think this comes right back down to, you know, we said at the very beginning is understanding your clientele and basically what they're interested in and how do they consume that? How do they search for it? Well, I like the fact that you have said that you offered several different ways to get this information from clients. Come up with the basic questions that you're going to ask them all mm -hmm. and either have someone from the practice or you yourself, the veterinarian can do it. You can also do it. I'm sure um, 
you know, with some sort of electronic survey, but I like the face-to-face option. Yep. You know, it's those one-on-one conversations. So for a great example, about five years ago, I was meeting with uh, a barn owner and they have a big lesson barn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things we talked about is they're like, I wish we could do the teeth on our school horses every year. I can't afford it. You know, when you're wanting to do teeth, the cash flow is not there. You know, we'd like to be able to do teeth in the winter before we get busy with other things. Um, you know, we, you know, so, to, so they were saying we want to be able to do all the vaccines where that's necessary, do the teeth. You know, we want to do all this stuff, but you know, it, it's a business. And so, you know, in, in March, before the season really ramps up, we're tapped out. We can't do it. And so I said, well, you know, why don't we put you on a payment plan? You know, we know what, you know, so let's add up for every horse. You've got 30 school horses and we're going to do a dentistry. Uh, let's say a routine dentistry with sedation and vaccines. Um, and let's divide that over six months and or even 12 months. And they're like sold, like, let's do that. Because that allowed them to give the health care they wanted to their horses because they know these horses are what gives them money. So they need to be healthy. But it was me understanding that the the desire was there. We needed to find a mechanism to get that to them. And so it was, you know, a 30 minute conversation that has benefited us immeasurably because we were able to introduce this to other trainers who are like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And so every year since, I mean, we've been able to, you know, really look at our, our, our preventative healthcare programs and they grow every year because we're listening to what the audience wants. You know, it's, we're veterinarians, we're, we're diagnosticians. We ask a lot of questions. And so talking to your customers is no different about their business and their needs is really no difference about asking about why did old, when did old Smokey start limping? That's a very good point. So when you have done the research, you figured out, I, I love the fact that you even got deep enough to figure out that your racetrack trainers were on Twitter and your show horse folks and your other people were not on much, but then the private individuals, they were maybe more on Instagram. Of course, that's very visual. So that's logical. But that goes back to what you have said before is you've got to figure out where, if you're going to do the social media, find out where your clients are so you aren't wasting your time. Decra Veterinary Products is proud to sponsor Equimanagement's The Business of Practice podcast. Decra's equine product line includes Osphos, Clotronate Injection, Orthokine Vet IRAP 10 and 60, Osteocon PRP, Equidone Gel, Thumperidone, the Vetivex line of parenteral fluids, Phycox EQ Joint Supplement, and a comprehensive line of topical dermatologic products. The recent addition of Zymeta, Diaperone Injection, further expands Decra's equine offerings. For more information about Decra's products, please visit decra-us.com. You know, it's hard to reach people now. Um, We're drowning in communication. Um, And there are so many platforms. We can't be everywhere. Um, And, you know, and, and then trying to do what you do on Facebook and think, well, I'll just do it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
these are different platforms. And as you said, Instagram is very visual. So if you're going to do a paragraph or two describing, um, uh, you know, an outbreak of strangles in the area, for example, that paragraph of text on Instagram won't go anywhere. And it'll be too much text for Twitter. And so you've got to modify it. And so every time you modify something, it's more and more time. So, yeah. you know, we can't be everything to everybody. So you've got to have that focus and go, you know what? Our audience, our English show horses, this is where they are. We'll reach them on that. And I love the fact of what you said. You know, there's, there's always the, oh, my gosh, everyone else is offering this service. We should offer it, too. But until you ask your clients if that's a service they're going to pay you for mm -hmm. don't really know so how do you adjust that it i mean that could go for equipment or having someone certified in like you said chiropractic and acupuncture or saying that you're going to get a, a standing mri or ct scan or whatever i mean how how much research do you do in order to know to get an accurate feeling for are your clients going to use this before you invest in it yeah, I think, you know, um, Jim Collins, who's famous for writing the book, uh, Good to Great, has a great uh, discussion about introducing new services. And instead of going, um, hey, there's a new equipment, we're going to invest wholeheartedly into it, baby steps, you know, so ask people. Um, but even then, uh, if people haven't experienced it before, they don't really, they can't really give you an educated assessment of, yes, we would use your standing MRI once, twice a year, you know, but you know, if, you know, if, if my baby steps are, well, we introduce digital radiology, we introduce digital ultrasound, um, we have a high enough caseload. Well, we refer X amount of MRIs in a year. Uh, it wouldn't be a leap for us to, if we had a, our own in-house, that we'd be able to do this many doing it in-house. Um, when I was doing my MBA, the class that actually had the most math was marketing because it really focused that there's a cost with everything. And you need to know for the effort that you're putting out there, this is the return and this is how much it's going to cost you to deliver the service. You know, there's, you know, there's a great metric that we look at and it, you know, it's, you know, we always look at how many new clients we get in a year, but then there's a client acquisition cost. And so if you add up every, how much time and money you spend on Facebook ads and having somebody in your office do your social media or what have you, and you add all that up and divide by amount of new clients, you know, you may say, well, boy, it's costing us $50 per new client. And you're thinking that's a lot of money. Well, if on average they're spending $600 a year and you're keeping clients for five, at least five years, six times five, what's that, 3000 So it's costing you $50 to get $3,000 worth of business. That could be a good trade-off, a really good trade-off. Right. So I think marketing is, you know, I get excited about it because it's something that you can actually measure certain things on it. You know, there's the old adage that, you know, 50% of advertising works. The only problem is you don't know which 50%. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's one of the old, you know, set in stone sayings in marketing. We can get a lot better about that because, you know, the one advantage to a lot of our social media platforms is, is they give you great results. YouTube has great analytics. You can have a video out there and you might be the most excited. You're thinking this is the best video ever. And then you look at the YouTube analysis and it's like everybody turns it off after 10 seconds. And you're like, all right, I got to do a different approach. 
you know, we're very active on YouTube and this again, knowing your audience and we see things like, oh yeah, we have a new PRP unit. Let's, let's promote that. Or we have our MRI or, you know, we have shockwave and, you know, we think everybody is going to get excited because we're excited about it. Well, you know, our most popular videos are is how to do a TPR, how to give oral medications, how to give eye medications, the common things. People only really care about PRP when they have a horse that needs PRP. Right. But 95% of the horses need to know how to take a temperature or a heart rate because it might be colicking. And so those are the things you focus on. Yeah, you could you could probably get a million views just on how to take a, a digital pulse. I've yeah. never seen so many horse owners that cannot find the digital. Um, Very or, true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the great thing about a lot of the social media is they'll give you the numbers and go, that's the subjects that people like. Mm-hmm. You know, so going into the whole research is what you do will give you a good record. You know, Facebook is, and Instagram will tell you um, when people look at uh, posts. What day of the week? What time of day? So a little bit of research. You can get a like, all right, this works. That doesn't work. Let's do more of that. (laughs) Let's do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. And again, I think that that goes into, again, to the cost of your marketing. But looking at those analytics and every platform has analytics. Mm -hmm. I mean, that like you just said, that can point you to, okay, well, we're, we're posting three stories about ponies a week and they're getting twice as many views as the things we're posting about equipment. Mm-hmm. So more ponies. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, and I think you just brought up a really good point. Um, and I alluded a little bit to it, but I think you really brought it up is that as veterinarians, we get really excited about our, our equipment and what things can do. Our cli- To our clients, one DR looks like any other DR. We as veterinarians know that we prefer one over the other. And, and so when I see web pages of veterinarians, then they list in granular detail what their ultrasounds and their different probes are. And the audience is like, I don't care. Uh, you know, I want to know who, who's going to be, I'm gonna, who's on, who am I talking to? You know, yeah. our most popular page on our website is the About Us. And yeah. see, that, that is my last point I really wanted to bring up is, Marketing is not just about social media. Your practice's website is your greatest marketing. 100%. I mean, when, you know, you hear about somebody, if I'm hearing about, you know, just like I'm listening, looking for a physiotherapist for myself, I'm Googling them right away. If they've got a website, I'm going to the website. I want to know who they are. I want to see a picture of them. I don't want to see a picture of them in scrubs, masked up, operating. I want to see a picture I want to know about them because, um, A, I want to know if they sort of share my same philosophy of approach to medicine, same way as veterinary medicine. And so, um, yeah, your website, it's, you know, the biggest emphasis on your website is about you, uh, your equipment. Yeah, put it there if you're happy about it, but really nobody's going to care about it. I, I see so many vet practices are so proud of their clinic. And so the, the opening photo is of a static building with no people or horses. Yeah. And it's like, eh, you yeah. know, and people like to see people. You know, I, I remember I was at a conference overseas in Europe about 10 years ago, and one of the other speakers came to me and she said, I was really interested in meeting you. I love your webpage. It's the first webpage I see where so many people are there smiling. And it, like, she didn't care about that. We had a standing MRI, she didn't care about all our equipment. We had smiling people. She's like, that's the kind of place I, that's the kind of vets I want for my for my horse. 
Yeah, the the clients are smiling. The people who work at the practice are smiling. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, and that's again, I really want to emphasize that to our listeners is, Facebook is not your website. If, no. if the only thing that you have is a Facebook business page, you're losing customers. Yep. And with the new changes that are happening with the uh, uh, Apple infrastructure, they are asking people if they want to be tracked. That's going to, you know, if you've been depending on Facebook to reach your clients, that's going to impact you hugely because you're not going to, you know, Facebook won't be able to track them, give the information back to you. Honestly, the, the, you know, we're talking about a web page, and I agree the web page has to be the centerpiece of your marketing. Email newsletters is probably the biggest bang for your buck. We can put out a newsletter and says our dental promotion starts in a week. The phones start ringing the next day. Um, you already have a client. You have the people that are already your clients. They, they, they believe in you. They want more information. They're a captive audience. And so if you can start accumulating an email list and sending out, you know, let's say quarterly at least newsletter, that sort of gives them some information, highlights promotion, it's educational. Um, you're going to get the biggest bang on the buck for that, for sure. Yeah, and, and develop that list legally. Don't go out and buy a list. No. Don't get no. someone else's list. I mean, we just, we have to mention this. Yeah. Just ask your clients. I mean, it, it would be, if you want to spend some money instead of buying a Facebook ad, you could go pay one of your front desk people when they're not on a phone call or filling out forms to call people and get their email addresses. Make 100%. sure all your forms have email address spots. 100%. 100%. Yep. So, and, and another tip, um, I, I just worked on an article for Equimanagement on, you know, how important your website is. So, um, you know, we, we want to, you know, make sure people are using the website, have your contact information, what you do, where you are. So anything else you would like to add, Dr. Powell? Yeah, I would say when you're doing your website, make sure that um, Google Analytics is enabled on your website. So basically what Google Analytics does, it's, it's kind of creepy, um, but it tracks everything. It can tell you what time of day they're on the website, which is their first page, how long they spend on each page. But it also tells you, are they on a cell phone? Are they on a tablet? Are they on a computer? You gain a lot of information about your clients um, and, and their viewing habits. And so, for example, you know, it was about, I guess, five or six years give or take a couple of years on either side where all of a sudden web consumption became more mobile than on a, on a desktop or a laptop. And that changed how we present our information. And so those are the kind of things It doesn't take a lot of work. You can get a monthly little dashboard from it. And it helps you understand that again, this works. Number a works, B doesn't work. Let's do more of a forget about B. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Powell, for joining us today. And thank our audience for joining us for the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Decra Veterinary Products. Make sure you visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear every episode of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, just email me at kbrown at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 